Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing, your e-commerce advertising specialists. Today, we are here with Chelsea from Blossom Media. Starting out at just 20, Chelsea has built her agency on real-world experience, and given that most of her clients come referrals, you know she's good at what she does. She works full-time on her own social media marketing business with a range of e-commerce clients that inspire her every single day. She's generated some amazing results for her clients, like turning a 1,000 into 100,000 using strategic Facebook advertising. In today's episode, she shares how to create a social media strategy with a unique and simple twist that I love, how to use your content to build better relationships, and how to optimize your socials for purchases and how to grow your following. So let's get into it. Welcome to episode 20. Today, we're here with Chelsea Berman from Blossom Media. Welcome, Chelsea. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. It's so good to have you on. So tell us a little bit more about your business and how you got into social media management. Yeah. So my business is Blossom Media and we're a social media agency with a bit of a difference. I don't, you know, generally probably like the word agency, but haven't found another word to describe us. So that's how I describe us. And yeah, I started the business just over two years ago now. It's myself and another team member, and we specialize in organic social media and paid advertising, so Facebook and Instagram ads. And yeah, it's been a journey. I started the business when I was 20. So obviously I had no business experience whatsoever. I Not beat much you life by experience year. either. <laughs> oh, I did started you? mine at 19. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you know, you know the struggles. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a, a big leap, a big risk. But yeah, it's really, really paid off. And yeah, we work with e-commerce businesses to really help them grow and shine on social media. And a big part of our business now is also teaching people how to do it themselves. Fantastic. What's your favorite social media platform? Instagram, definitely. Yeah, it's the one that I'm on all the time. And I do think for most businesses, it is the one that they can get the most growth and results from, I think. Yeah, definitely. And given the, I suppose, popularity, what are your thoughts on TikTok for business? Good question. I'm obsessed with TikTok myself. So I'm definitely a fan of it. And I definitely have, you know, discovered businesses on there and I think it can be a really great marketing tool, but I think you do have to go about it a very different way to other platforms. It does have to be, I guess, quite organic. You know, you can't go on there with really polished, you know, marketing videos. It's not really that kind of platform. It is really about creating that connection with the audience and entertaining them. So it is quite different to other platforms. And I think that's, I guess, really what businesses do have to think about if they're wanting to go on TikTok. Fantastic. So let's get into some juicy stuff. So how important is a social media strategy and then how do you create one? Yeah, so very important. I would say vital just because without it, you don't have a plan. You don't have a roadmap. You don't really know, I guess, everything about your business, what makes you unique, who your audience is, how to communicate with them, all of that sort of thing that is so, so important for marketing in general, but especially social media as well. In terms of creating one, it can go, you know, a few different ways. You can really just sit down, get a probably template. I'm sure there's templates online somewhere uh, and create it yourself. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm sure that would <laughs> create it yourself. Yeah, but really take the time to create it. Of course, there's also people that you can either create it for you or create it with you, depending on what you want and if you do need extra help with it. And in terms of things that it should include, as I mentioned, your unique selling point, really what makes you unique and why people would buy from you. Your audience is super important, who they are, where they hang out, really how to communicate with them. Their pain and pleasure points is a super, super important one as well, as that will really help with being able to sell to them and connect to them, which are two very important things to do on social media. And then also, yeah, just what you're going to post and how that relates to your goals and what you really want to achieve from, you know, that certain platform or just achieve in your business in general. You know, if you do think about your future vision, your future goals, how is what you're doing on social media going to help you get to that? And then, of course, you can think about your other channels as well and what other channels you might need to add in there to help you achieve that goal. Yeah, fantastic. So I know a lot of people will be okay with the strategy part or they think they're okay with the strategy part. I know something that a lot of businesses struggle with is the actual practicality of posting and knowing what to post. Do you have any suggestions around that? Yeah, definitely. So obviously when you create the strategy, that will help because really knowing what to post is all about knowing what your audience is going to like, but also what they need to know to be able to buy from you. And that might be a whole range of things. You know, they might need more education around your product or your industry. They might just need to see the product being used or worn on someone, depending on what it is. It can be a range of things. But in terms of, I guess, really planning your content, I always like to think about two different types of content and make sure you're posting both of them. So the first one is going to be your connection content. And this is where you're really connecting with your audience on some sort of a personal level. It's where you want to really put a face to the brand. I always, always suggest doing that where you can and really getting to know your audience and connect with them. And of course, video content is a great way to do this. And I always suggest doing some sort of video content that's, you know, so easy to do now, especially on Instagram where things like reels and Instagram stories, it's yeah, really easy to do short videos and they can really connect when done right. And the other one is going to be your converting content and that's what's going to sell your products. So a lot of the time I see maybe people just doing converting content or just doing connecting content, but a good mix has to happen to be connecting and converting all the time and keep nurturing your audiences, but also, of course, make sales and get some money, which is essential for a marketing tool. Yes. And I suppose the goal at the end of the day, it's not just about those likes, obviously, especially for an e-commerce business. It's really about getting those sales through. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you split it into connecting and converting because I've obviously over the years seen a lot of organic experts and they've got you know the four pillars and seven pillars and you need to do all of this but having it that simple that it's connecting content converting content I think is a, a really simple and lovely way of explaining it thank you yeah I actually only changed that quite recently I was and I do still talk about kind of four pillars but I guess when you're just talking about it more as a surface level and more of a simple way so easy to just talk about those two types of content. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> For those who are listening that don't know what the four pillars are, can you just quickly run through what they are? Yeah. So I think they probably vary between each social media marketer, but they're kind of the same type of thing. So one would be educational. So educating your audience and again, on what they need to know to want to buy from you. 
There is promotional, so that's really selling your products, reviews, user-generated content, all of that sort of thing. There's personal, so that is really that connection content, showing some behind the scenes, showing some of your day-to-day life, creating that personal connection. And then there's entertainment, and that can really be anything that's entertaining to your audience. So, you know, Reels is a great way to do that now. Those really entertaining, fun Reels, which do, you know, connect to your audience in some way because you are giving them some sort of entertainment or it can even be inspiration whatever your audience would like. So yeah, I guess if you're thinking about connection and converting, promotional and education are kind of that converting content and then promotional, sorry, personal and entertainment are the connection content. Fantastic. Yeah, I like your way much better explaining it. I think it's a a much cleaner and easier strategy, I think, to run with when business owners have got 7,000 things on their plates already. Exactly. Yeah. Um, less is less is better. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I know a big part of what you guys focus on is building really great relationships with customers through social media. So do you have any favorite tactics on how to do that? Yeah. So the first one sounds simple, but it's very scary for people. That's just simply showing your face. Um, and I, you know, it can depend on your business, how big your business is. If you have a team, it might not just be showing your face or you might not even be the face of the brand. I had a scenario come up the other day where it was an older lady starting a business directed at teens. So, you know, her being the face of the business to target teens doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So she's going to kind of work with influencers and also her teen daughter to kind of make them more the face of the brand. So it really, really depends on your audience, who they would connect with. A lot of the time it's going to be the business owner and that's a really easy way to do it. But um, yeah, sometimes it can be the team or it can be your customers even. Yeah, putting some face to the brand. So it's not just a product. It's not just a faceless brand that people can't really connect with. There does need to be some sort of personal element to it. That's my favorite way. And then the second favorite way would probably be, as I mentioned, video content, because that really does create that sort of, you know, face-to-face connection. Obviously you can't see them, but they can see you and it is like they are with you and they do really get to know you. And that all comes down to, you know, the know, like, and trust kind of framework. So they're really getting to know you, they're getting to like you and how you kind of see the world. And they're also getting to trust you. And then that obviously gets them to buy from you because they do trust you and they trust your products. That makes total sense because there's a couple of brands that I buy from that if I talk about them, I kind of talk about them like they're friends, but they wouldn't have a clue who I am. But because I watch so many of their stories and things, you sort of feel like you know them. Yeah, exactly. And that happens so, so often. And, you know, when you do get to that point, that is really when you do build that community and you do sell really consistently because you have that, yeah, community of people that are really invested in your journey and want to buy from you. Yeah, fantastic. So I know that hashtags used to be the kind of be all and end all of Instagram. What are your kind of thoughts on hashtags? And then like, if they're still relevant, how do you find the good ones? Yeah, I think they're still relevant. You know, it is really just a way of getting some extra reach on your posts. It's not going to be something that's necessarily going to make you a heap of sales or grow your audience extraordinarily. But, you know, it is a tool that Instagram gives us and I would definitely be using it. In terms of finding the best ones, again, it kind of comes down to your audience and what hashtags they would be looking at. I definitely suggest in terms of, you know, when you go on the hashtags and you can see how many posts are using the hashtags, definitely stick with the kind of less is more. So, you know, you don't want to be using those hashtags that have 5 million or even a million 
people using them because you're not just going to, you're just not going to show up and then that kind of, you know, defeats the purpose of using that hashtag. So try and use high quality hashtags and think about ones that your audience would be looking at and searching to find brands like yours. Fantastic. How is social media different for an e-commerce business versus a service-based business? I think they are different. I think the similarities are that they definitely both have to have some sort of personal element. I would say probably with service providers, they have to have quite a bit more of a personal element because usually, you know, that person that is going to be working with them is the business owner and they really need to see who they're going to be working with, know about them, know if they're going to click, that sort of thing. E-commerce, it still is important, but I guess it's not as important because they are buying that product rather than that service. So if you do have a really high quality product and you just have a bit of a personal element, that's still going to work. But of course, it's going to work a lot better if you do have more of a personal element. Another difference is that you don't have to educate as much. So obviously with service providers, you always say you have to give value and educate and I guess really show that you know your stuff. That's a really big part of, I say, I would say a strategy for a service provider. E-commerce, as I mentioned, it is still important to obviously get your audience to trust you and know that your specific product is something that works and it's going to solve their problems or their pleasure points or whatever it is. But it's not so important to really give value and, you know, really educational long posts all the time. It's not really as important. But again, it depends on what your audience likes. So if your audience would like stuff like that, then you might have to. Yeah, those are probably the main two differences, I would say. There obviously are some similarities, but the strategy does end up being quite different, I would say. Yeah. So I know that there's a lot that you can do to actually optimize your socials for purchase, you know, using Instagram shop, tagging products and things. Do you have any suggestions on how to make the most of them? I just use it really just in your promotional posts. Like I have seen sometimes some people using it in all their posts and just putting it out there as much as they can. And that doesn't always work the best because I guess it is just selling, selling, selling constantly. And it doesn't always make sense with specific posts if you are doing more of that connection content that you really in those posts just want to focus on connecting. You don't really want to focus on selling. So stick to using that, those, you know, product tags and that sort of thing in your promotional posts. And that is when it does work really well. But yeah, definitely take advantage of, and if you don't have it set up, definitely go and set it up because again, it's a tool that Instagram gives you to make it easier for your audience to buy from you because obviously they can just click on, go to your website straight away. They don't have to go to your link in bio, click through, blah, blah, blah. It's right there. And they can click onto that specific product. So you definitely want to be making it as easy as possible for people to buy from you is probably the golden rule, I would say. <laughs> I think it's a good rule. In terms of tagging products, I've got a couple of clients, a couple of clients, I have one client who doesn't like to tag products on their photos because they think it looks ugly and ruins the product photography. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it adds to it because it makes it easier to purchase? Or do you think there's uh, an element of truth to that in that it kind of takes away from the imagery when you've got these big black price tags on it? I wouldn't say it takes away because I think it does only show up in the corner until you click on it and then it kind of shows the, the product and the price tag. So I wouldn't say it would take away from it or kind of, um, I guess, make it ugly, as you mentioned. But yeah, I think, as I said, 
really you want to make it as easy as possible for your audience to buy from you. And a lot of the time they will click through from those product tags. Of course, if you do think it might be having a negative effect rather than a positive effect, you can check your insights for specific posts and see what that click through is like from your product tags. And maybe if people aren't clicking through, it is something you can stop. But I'd say probably majority of the time, it is a really good tactic and something that does increase sales. So I would suggest it, but again, have a look at what works with your audience and if if they don't like it, then they don't like it. Yeah, that was my logic, but it's always nice to get a, a yeah. second expert opinion on the topic. Um, obviously, <laughs> when it comes to e-commerce business, we are focusing on sales, but for people who want to grow their Instagram accounts or even you know their Facebook accounts or their TikTok, do you have any suggestions or your best tips on how to kind of grow your following? Yeah, so it's probably good to do a mix of tactics. One and I know everyone's been mentioning this at the moment, and I have seen good results with my clients and with other people, is reels. Just because of the reach they have, you are going to be reaching a lot more people, a lot more new people, and then they might come and follow you. It's not obviously guaranteed that they will, but it is a good strategy if you're doing them correctly and you know strategically and not just for the sake of it. Another way is going out and engaging with people. So sometimes business owners, you know, they focus a lot on their own Instagram, who's coming, what they're posting, all of that sort of thing. But you do really need to use social media as a social platform because, you know, that's what it was created to be. So going out and finding people that might be potential customers, starting to engage with them in some way, you know, going to other brands that might have the same types of audience as you, see who's interacting with them, see if you can interact with them in some way. Of course, don't make it kind of creepy or stalkerish. You do want it to be quite natural, but go out and engage with people and even make sure, you know, people that are following you of course this isn't really growing but it is all about nurturing as well make sure you're interacting with them make sure you know when they do comment on something you're commenting back you're not just ignoring them another great way of course is influencer marketing and of course you can go down the paid route with really big influencers and sometimes that works well but usually for smaller businesses they'll start with more of those micro influencers and I guess kind of create a group of brand ambassadors so they'll have maybe a few micro influencers that they use on a regular basis and my biggest tip with influencers would be to use one you know multiple times you don't just want to have that transactional kind of relationship where you pay them they post once and their audience sees your product once it just doesn't have the best results you need to kind of do something ongoing so their audience is reminded of your product again and again and they you know really trust your product because they know that that influencer is using them and is posting about it you know multiple times so if you are using influencers, that is a great way to do it. Another great way is to collaborate. And that might be with other businesses with the same you know, audience as you, same type of audience, or it might be with influencers and do things like, you know, giveaways or even, you know, certain types of content that you can collaborate on. So you're both growing your audience um, and you're also, of course, getting that, I guess, hype around it. So, you know, when you do a giveaway, you'll obviously both be exposed to each other's audience, but you'll also be exposed to a wider audience of people that see a giveaway and get really excited about it. And then we'll, you know, go along and follow your journey. But yeah, I'd say there's definitely a right way to do it, a strategic way to do all of those things. And also, I guess, more of a wrong way to do it where you might get uh, followers, but they're not going to be in your target audience and not going to be potential customers. So you just have to be careful when you are doing those sort of strategies. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So how do you know if you're a business owner, you're worked off your feet, you're, you know, you're thinking about outsourcing, when is a good time to start outsourcing 
you know, your organic social media? And is there anything that you would recommend a business keep in-house? Yes. I'd say when you can afford it is a big one. I wouldn't do it before you are ready and before I guess you have that extra budget because this is from personal experience. It does just mean that you're going to be very stressed about it. You're probably going to be micromanaging maybe that social media marketer or whoever you've got to, whoever you've outsourced to because, you know, you are spending that money that you might not generally have much of, if that makes sense. Um, so basically in general. Yeah, just good financial advice probably. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you have the money basically and make sure it's not going to be, I guess, a stressful experience for you and it's going to be a good experience for both you and for, you know, the social media marketer because you want to have a good relationship between the two. The other one would be obviously if you just don't have the time. So I know a few people and I think this is when it works really well in terms of keeping some in-house, outsourcing some. They kind of both manage the social media in a way. So the business owner will post more of that connection content, more of that personal content. They're still active on their stories. They do all their own stories. And it's definitely seen by the audience as being fully managed by, you know, the business owner. And they obviously can create a good relationship with them from that. But behind the scenes, there is a social media marketer or an agency doing all of the other posts, so the promotional posts, the educational posts, all of that sort of thing. And that obviously takes a lot of time from the business owner, so they have more time to do other things, but still creates that really good mix of content and that really, I guess, authentic voice across the social media. So sometimes if you do just outsource it all, it's really hard for someone that's not maybe with you all the time or not you to talk about you, if that makes sense. So yeah, it is, it can work really well to kind of do a mix where you're doing more of the personal content and you're outsourcing the other content that you don't have time for. And also that you might find trickier to create because that's that content where you're selling. And a lot of the time, and I find this too, it's really hard to sell yourself or sell your own product. So it's good to outsource that when you can. Yeah, that's fantastic because I think a lot of business owners, especially ones I've spoken to, really struggle with that because they're like, well, I can't outsource it because it's me. Like they can't be me on the stories and they can't they can't be in the warehouse. Like it would cost a fortune to have a social media manager or an agency in your warehouse. Like that doesn't work. So yeah. the thought of actually splitting those two parts apart and having the salesy part outsourced and you doing the, the connection stuff is is fantastic. Yeah, it works really well from what I've seen anyway. Yeah, wonderful. Is there anything you think we've missed? I don't think so. I know obviously you do Facebook ads as well. And I think everything we've talked about today, getting that organic content and strategy really strong before you invest into the paid advertising side of things always works so well and means that, you know, when you do invest into the paid advertising, you get a lot better results. And I'm sure you would agree with that. So yeah, I guess I just wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. It's so much easier for us, as you would know, um, to do our jobs with the paid advertising when there is a solid strategy and there is good content and there's good videos that have been created and those sorts of things. It makes our jobs much easier. Yes, which is always nice. (laughs) Yeah. So we're just getting into the last few questions that we ask everyone. So do you have any strategies or habits that help you stay on track with your just everyday life and business? Oh, yes. Having a project management platform or tool. I used to use Asana. I now use ClickUp, which is quite robust, does have a lot of features. And that just means I can go in there every day. 
I know what I need to do that day. I have all my future projects in there. I have all my client information. It's just all in the one spot and I don't have to rely on everything that's in my head because that would be very tricky. So, yeah, I I rely a lot on that. (laughs) (laughs) I hear good things about ClickUp. I've I've heard a lot of agencies Mm. move to ClickUp lately. Yeah, it, it is very similar to Asana, but I just find it has a lot more features. So, yeah, it just was a good switch. I'm glad that I did. Very nice. Do you have a favourite business book? I don't probably have a favourite, but one that I'm really loving that I'm reading at the moment is a new one by Emma Isaacs called The New Hustle. I think it only came out like last week and it's really great. It's not, I guess, one of those more of a business story book, like it's not her personal story. That was her previous book, but this one's really, really practical for business owners, even for employees. Like there's just a lot of tips, a lot of strategies in there, which is really cool, I think from a business book because I have, I guess, in the past read a lot of those more story ones and I love those as well. I read Samantha Wills recently and that was amazing. But, yeah, this is just a bit different and, yeah, I've been really liking that one. Fantastic. Do you have a favourite podcast? Again, probably not a favourite one because I listen to so many and I discover new ones all the time, but I've really been enjoying Seize the Yay by Sarah Davidson, I believe her last name is. Yeah, Seize the Yay, amazing. She does interviews with so many different people, business owners, but also just other people, other influential people, other people that have done cool things in their life. Yeah, it's really, really interesting to listen to and you definitely learn a lot. Sounds amazing. I might have to check that one out. I've heard about it, but I haven't had a chance to have a listen yet. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I have a website which is just blossommedia.com.au. I have my services on there, a contact form if you need to get in touch, but also I'm very active on Instagram. It is my favourite platform, as I mentioned at the start. So, yeah, if you do need to get in touch fast, you can pretty much always catch me on there. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us. It's been brilliant. You've shared so much practical information, which is what we love to see. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the 20th episode of the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Don't forget, we load all the links and show notes onto our website where you can find everything at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash show notes forward slash episode and the number 20. The link will also be in the episode description. Thanks so much for listening.